What's up, you guys? This is the podcast that's all about Daredevil. This is episode five, and I am your host, the Daredevil Prophet, and I am so glad to be back with you guys, and it has been far too long since my last confession. Man, how spoiled are we to already get the news that there's going to be uh, Daredevil season two? Uh, this, this, to me, came out pretty slow. The news was pretty slow. Usually the turnaround time to, to kind of see the results um, are kind of what you would expect for any kind of Netflix show or anything like that. But in terms of Daredevil, because it's been so critically acclaimed and because everyone just seems to love it, no one knows what the internal numbers were for Netflix and stuff like that. But, I mean, you can only imagine that everyone and their mothers has seen it and just loves it. You know, if you if you have Netflix and you've seen the show or you haven't seen the show, um, you know, or if you've only seen a couple episodes or whatever, make sure to rate it on Netflix. Uh, give it the five stars that it deserves. Uh, so it sends that strong message to Netflix. Like, this is a... Not only a, a a series that can go for two seasons, but can go for um, an extended period of time, uh, you know, for, you know, like a regular show or whatnot, you know, 10 years, um, however long, you know, the, the longest types of shows last, you know, let's, let's ride uh, Charlie Cox, no pun intended there, but um, let's, you know, let, let's milk, let's milk the Daredevil property while we have a uh, good actors in place while we have a good production company in place uh and while daredevil is on you know sort of his dream format uh netflix you know doing the whole binge thing you know all the episodes out front at once and stuff like that it's been really really great it kind of plays out like a uh like a like a serial like like a comic book you know either a a particular storyline will take about you know like uh four issues anywhere from four issues to up to like eight issues or you know any number in between there uh for like a whole like kind of showcase um it'll it'll be like about that long and stuff like that so if you have a show that's that has a few more episodes than it would be in a comic book to give you exposition on a lot of stuff and then it still sprinkles in that action uh, because Daredevil is a grounded hero. I mean, this is this is the best format that Daredevil can be at, and so you know, make sure to make sure to rate it and and let Netflix uh, know and, and let all of us know. Um, let let your love be heard. Um, and it looks like that's what's going on. Critically, um, it's acclaimed. It's great. All the Daredevil fans love it. But outside of outside of us. Um, there is kind of like a cult following of a lot of people being inspired to um, do a lot of artwork. Um, there's a lot more um, underground stuff coming out for Daredevil, a lot of material and a lot of um, merchandise as well. Um, I like to go on this website uh, that uh, that I was exposed to by uh, by Man Without Fear or at Man Without Fear. Um, from the Man Without Fear website, uh, this website called Red Bubble, to where you know people have a portfolio. They do certain artworks, they're artists, and then 
they put their artwork on the website and then you can choose to purchase that artwork as a t-shirt or as a tote bag or any number of things that you can you can do sometimes they put it on phone phone cases and stuff like that and so i, I periodically check with that website that's that's a pretty good website where you know among others but that one seems to have the most uh Daredevil stuff popping up you know you'll have t-shirts that they have on sale there that are kind of like avocados, you know, at law and stuff like that. So just a lot of really cool, uh, Daredevil stuff that they're, that they're doing on that website. So go ahead and, uh, if you're craving, you know, a t-shirt of your own, um, you know, with Daredevil on it or, you know, Fogwell's gym or something like that, I'm going to be making a purchase pretty soon with a couple of t-shirts and stuff like that, uh, that are Daredevil related, uh, that are actually really, really good uh, artwork that they have going on in there. Um, so go ahead and check out those websites that maybe you haven't checked out for a while. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out there. It's just, you know, it's just underground. So go support Daredevil in any way you can. And we are going to be getting official merchandise uh, in the very near future. Um, I'm I'm guessing around maybe like the end of the year somewhere around fall i think i heard something like that um so maybe like in august september october somewhere around there um we might start seeing some daredevil stuff um we haven't yet like in the stores that that we've seen reports of and all that stuff so well uh we'll, we'll see where that goes but um but the the stuff is out there you just gotta um just gotta look for it and uh if you want to hit me up and let me know uh or if you want to ask me where I know to find that kind of stuff, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at ultranova05, and uh, I'll be more than happy to 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 fill you in on uh, on partaking in the Daredevil fandom. Uh, but the Netflix series is great. Uh, I'm going to be doing that commentary very very soon for you guys. But it's just great to see the momentum that Daredevil has now. Um, this Netflix series has sort of changed. Everything for the character, uh, I think it, I think it's done a good thing to where, you know, Daredevil was kind of a cult figure. Uh, he was kind of not in the mainstream, not really perceived as like a badass that he is in the show and stuff like that. Um, a likable character, um, a sympathetic character. Um, but I think that the show has done him justice and hats off to, you know, to Disney and to Marvel for not interfering too much, for letting the format kind of, uh, kind of uh, illustrate Daredevil in, in the way, in the best way that it knows how to, and to kind of see what it can do with the format and um, to see what it could do with the character. I mean, it's just a perfect marriage, but you can kind of see how it can go so wrong. I mean, any movie company, any any television company, you know, has the the sort of prerogative to kind of step in at any time and say, you know, well we're going to do this and we're going to change this, you know, due to ratings and due to, you know, polls that we've taken. This show is floundering. This show is, you know, isn't up to our expectation. It's not, uh, you know, meeting the target demographic. But um, the the thing that's smart about uh, what they understand about Daredevil is the demographic that they're trying to reach is an adult um, audience and it has the mature content and the, the, the harsh violence and all that stuff. So it really went for that to appease the demographic that Daredevil was sort of built for. 
and sort of geared for um and and it reaches it reaches that demographic you know hand and fist you know like there's uh, you know there's no there's no complaints the 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 anybody can really have that's that's beyond nitpicking because this is coming directly from Marvel from Marvel Studios um they know their brand and they know how to market their characters um and uh, you know th this kind of goes back to you know the whole thing with Punisher and stuff like that they maybe have an idea but um it requires some kind of risk it it's a little it's a little weird the fact that they got they got Matt Murdock and Frank Castle back around the same time and and I remember when they got him back maybe like a year and a half ago a couple of years ago they're talking about you know well what should Marvel do with these characters you know um uh, respectively and um and it's kind of like with Frank Castle what do you do with that you know he could be a part of the defenders he could have his own Netflix series um somewhere down the line but he's one of their bigger characters why didn't they start with him why did they choose Daredevil Daredevil is obviously um more suited for uh for television right for that long that long uh, experience over time uh, something that's drawn out something that takes its time um but something like Frank Castle um you put him on television or you put him on Netflix or something like that it takes care of the whole rating thing right because he doesn't he's not being put in a movie to where you have to shove two hours of story um in a rated art package that's going to be limited in who it could reach right it's not going to be pg-13 like the other films were um to where you know i mean you think of guardians of the galaxy numbers you think of uh iron man numbers you know punisher will never ever make that those kind of numbers um you know on the big screen so television does seem to be the perfect format for frank castle as well but there's hesitancy in why they didn't make him the first show or the second show right they didn't put him with matt right because it kind of harkens back to the marvel knights uh a trade that w that was done under joe casada with daredevil and uh and Punisher and um, and Dagger and Black Widow and uh, Shang Chi, I think it was, who was the other member. That whole like three issue arc where you know they battled one of Thor's trolls. I think his name was Ulick or something like that. And it was it was Daredevil and Punisher. They they were it it was an anti team. It was a non team, um, but they needed each other to to get that job done. And um, it was kind of a it was kind of a weak story, but it was cool to see those characters together on a poster. It was cool to see them working together in some capacity or another. And so I think that they try to emulate that. But somewhere down the line, maybe they considered Frank Castle and thought this isn't going to work with Frank Castle. I, I'm not sure what their thought, what their thought process was or why he wasn't included. But I mean. We have Daredevil. That's kind of strong star power pre Netflix, pre you know the, uh, season one here. I mean, he had the movie out, and you know the Incredible Hulk, uh, you know guest spot, and he was in um 
he was in the the 1994 spider-man so he's he's been around a little bit as a guest star here and there and then he's got his own movie in, in 2003 um but beyond that you know he was at best a cult figure so to see frank castle to see the punisher you know he had two films you know people love those films i I love those films um he had the one before that um and I, to me i have this nagging feeling in my mind towards like they had to have considered him alongside daredevil in this sort of phase one of the netflix series like i don't know maybe he's going to be the the uh the magic trick in in phase two of the Netflix series, like he'll be introduced then um, to kind of see if the format works just based off of good storytelling and good uh, production and good design and all that kind of stuff. Uh, with Daredevil, it's proven great uh, and it bodes well for the other series. But, you know, if Daredevil kind of tanked in a way, if they didn't renew him for season two, I think that they would have said, well, we're glad we didn't include Frank Castle or we didn't include Punisher because we would have thrown him out there um, in an, in a format that wouldn't have worked, that didn't work for Daredevil, didn't work for uh, for the rest of the Defenders. And so it would have preserved uh, the Punisher's reputation in a way. I'm not really sure, but um, but he's an interesting character, and now they have Stephen Denight on board. Yes, Daredevil is going to be renewed for season two. Um, you know, all Daredevil fans can rejoice. I mean, I mean, we can really rest easy. To me, I kind of expected a season two. I didn't know when, and we still don't know when. But um, but Stephen Denight has left. He has prior commitments, but. After that's done, whether that's another show or whether that's, you know, a movie, I, I forget what it was supposed to be. But it's not going to last forever. And by the time he gets done with the film, Defenders will be out. And they'll be probably planning or prepping for uh, for Phase 2 of the Netflix series, which could include The Punisher, which is something that he's always wanted to do. So they may want to keep him involved and they may be putting the, him in their pocket for for a rainy day and just kind of um, letting somebody else take the reins for daredevil establishing uh marco uh, marco ramirez or marco rodriguez um as the showrunner um, for daredevil and then have steven tonight you know head up uh probably their biggest i mean as dared as dared as a big daredevil fan I have to admit that, you know, Daredevil, Punisher, side by side, who's the bigger character of the two, most popular, all that stuff. I have to give it up to to Punisher, unfortunately. I mean, he's a little one note, but that's what's great about him. Uh, he's a no-nonsense guy. You can put him in anything. Um, I like him in Rise of Technovore, the, uh, the Iron Man anime. It's really great because he contrasts really great with uh, with Iron Man. Um, because it's kind of like, you know, you put this murderous vigilante in a superhero world. I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it, it's like mind boggling, like the contrast between Iron Man and Punisher and they're both heroes in the Marvel universe, 
um, but the way that they deal with things is just so vastly different from one another. So um, Punisher is great, but it, it is the ace up their sleeve, and I'm very, very curious to see what they'll do with him because he contrasts great with Daredevil as well. I mean, he kind of puts Daredevil in check, not not in that way that, that you would initially think, but in a way of like Daredevil has to be reminded of who he is deep down, deep down inside. And that's why he goes to the confessional. That's why he has, um, you know, the friends that he has that, that are down to earth, like Foggy and Karen. And he goes and sees the priest and whatnot. You know, it brings him down to earth and it reminds him of who he is or, 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 or the core of who he is. And Punisher is somebody that Daredevil cannot, um link up with a hundred percent he's he's somebody that he cannot identify with with his methods and and his ideology and all that stuff so that's where the contrast comes in between them and it refines daredevil as a character so daredevil benefits greatly from punisher i, I think i've talked about it before but um but iron sharpens iron you know and the two of them together they have really, really great storylines. They've had them over the years, um, you know, ever since the Frank Miller run and, and and even beyond that. So I'm really interested to see what they do with Punisher. But for now, Daredevil seems to be safe. Um, he He's going to have his season two. And, you know, there's already buzz and there's already talk about um, uh, Bullseye and Elektra. And when do we see those guys? When When are those guys introduced? Um, they're kind of hinted at in the in, in the first season. Very, 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 very small tidbits of hints. Um, but you know, who knows? Season two, I, I wouldn't mind if they waited till even season three to to bring them out, or to bring one of the two out in season two, and then bring the other one out in season three. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But it, it's all. It's all a good problem to have because we are getting a season two. Um, I wouldn't doubt if we got a season three and um, and we could speculate what that will be when it comes around. But for now, I think that news will be quiet for um, for Daredevil on the Daredevil news front, um, which I think is great because, you know, we can all kind of absorb uh, the first season and I can absorb it and work on my commentaries and stuff like that. Um, so I'm really, really, um, I'm going to be doing episodes in between the commentaries, um, as news happens, or if I kind of feel like I want to address a few things. Um, but this might be the last episode on, uh, until I'm done with the commentary. Uh, like I said, I might have one or two sprinkled in between, but, uh, I'll be focusing mainly on the commentary and then I'll get back into, uh, into what what's going on in the world of daredevil um maybe in 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 a month or two or or you know we'll we'll see you know as news kind of pops out you know if uh, if i find out that that he's in civil war after all which looks unlikely at this point um we'll 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 see what what goes on with with the character um but yeah, the commentary is going to be uh, the thing that I'm already kind of focusing on. Um, and it's something that I'm going to be spending a lot of time with, reading a lot of 
material to kind of connect the dots and try to bring out certain things. So I, I'm already working on that. Um, so I, I think news will be slow for Daredevil is what I'm saying. So we'll we'll see what what goes on in in the near future. All right, and so the thing that I want to continue up with is my dear Daredevil saga, and the reason why I want to bring this out now, the reason why I feel like now is the pro is the appropriate time, is because Daredevil season two is coming um, in about maybe a year or so, somewhere around there. Um, I want to put it on record and give a like a really good like fantasy saga of Daredevil. Um, and like I said, this was this was a few years back, and so my assumption is uh, the scenario is if Daredevil was still at 20th Century Fox, right? He couldn't play in the Marvel Universe, the the MCU proper. Um, he was just kind of out on on his own. He had Elektra, he had Bullseye, he had Gladiator, he had all the, all of his figures. You know, he had Fantastic Four because they also own 20th Century, uh, 20th Century Fox also owns Fantastic Four and X-Men. They still retain the rights to those characters. Um, did they own anybody else? I don't, I don't think so. So mainly like those three, like Marvel properties, Daredevil, Daredevil, Elektra, you know, Fantastic Four and then uh, X-Men. And so under that scenario, under that, uh, assumption I dreamt up a um, and, and this was around the time that the reboot was kind of being you know rumored and stuff like that and it was kind of like is it going to happen is it not going to happen you know some people will you know maybe interested in heading that up um, and uh, and taking charge of that you know drafts and and, um, and things like that so um, and so I <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's one of the things that us fanboys kind of do after an extended period of time to where it's kind of like, you know what would be great? You know what I'd love to see? Um, and depending on, you know, each person, every person wants to maybe see something different. And um, sometimes it's uh, 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 misguided or completely, completely just out there and kind of asinine and just very weird. Um, but sometimes you get a lot of sophisticated takes on what can be done with the character. Um, you have a lot of practical things uh, of what can be done with the character. Uh, very sophisticated takes on it. And so I, I just wanted to put mine on record um, in case uh, we get to see it in the in the future. Because i got to tell you, a lot of the things that I've seen in Season 1 are things that I would have liked to have seen in a, a first film um you know i'm i'm dealing with like the film format of uh, of what i wanted to see in like a daredevil origin tale and it just hit all the right things and it did it in a way to where it kind of deconstructed uh, the daredevil origin story and it kind of put it in 13 episodic um kind of uh, uh chewy tablets you know I mean, it's just it. Every episode has kind of a beginning in the and an end um, that deals with certain things, but at the same time, there's a there's a whole tapestry that's being weaved 
throughout the entire season that's uh, that's very, very sophisticated. There are things that are set up in the very first episode that don't um, get paid off until the very final episode. And so it's one of those things to where if you watch it episode by episode, you get things out of that. But if you watch it kind of, you know, through and through with, with all episodes in mind and what the overarching story is, there's there's that and there's uh references that kind of um that kind of hop all over the place and that pay off in a, in um you know maybe not the next episode maybe not that episode but maybe like four or five episodes down the line and so there's a lot of that um uh integration um that has gone on in the first Daredevil season that's really really great but but when you're dealing with a 2 hour film and when you only have about two hours to deal with an origin story, um, it can be a little bit more compact. And I talked a little bit about uh, my first take on uh, on a first Daredevil film, which I would call Daredevil Yellow. I don't know if you guys remember like Daredevil Father to where it's kind of like, you know, you have Daredevil, which is about like nine letters and then Father is um, like six letters or something like that. So relatively like it's not like nine letters and then like. 15 or 20 letters below it right so it's kind of like there's a symmetry um or there's a similarity to the the font size and i kind of imagine it kind of being like daredevil father to where it's like daredevil is bold uh the father font is bold and and there was a a similar font size between the two and so with the first one it would be daredevil yellow Daredevil on top, yellow on bottom, um, and uh, there's a lot of stuff that I've seen in season one that just kind of, um, that was kind of what I kind of really imagined, um, integrating uh, stick and all that kind of stuff, stuff that I talked about in the last episode, um, but beyond that, it was one of the things that I really loved about uh, the Netflix series is how they flashed back to um to matt's past and his childhood and and things that were kind of important to to that episode and to that immediate situation that deal directly with uh, with what was going on in that episode or that story um me i kind of had an idea like that to me as far as origin story i would have been a little bit of a minimalist to where it's kind of like, hey, we we really don't need to see Matt as a kid as much as we do. As much as we do in the film and as much as we do in the Netflix series. Let's let's do it by it being sold on the actor's face about them retelling their past and 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 I have a lot of uh scenes in my head to where Matt is is having a hard day and he maybe came back from uh, saving somebody and he's at the office and he's just kind of bent out of shape or whatever or he's stuck on a case and Karen is there and they're developing their relationship as Matt is retelling certain things that he recalls from his past or his childhood he's letting uh, he's opening himself up he's letting Karen in slower and slow uh, you know slowly um, by sharing all these intimate details about about his past and stuff like that, and um, 
one of the references that I have is one of the movies that I really liked that Ben Affleck was also a part of uh, was a little movie called uh, Changing Lanes. Now, Changing Lanes is a movie starring uh, Ben Affleck and uh, Samuel L. Jackson. So you have Daredevil and uh, and Nick Fury in that in that film, and it was a really really cool film. It was it was a thriller. Um, you have two two guys who are uh, living in the same relative area who are uh, of different classes, uh, different race, and, and um, have different um, daily lives. And, and their uh, their lives intersect uh, through this uh, car accident that they're both involved in with each other. And this car accident just, um, just brings out more and more consequences for both characters involved, and they kind of get mad at each other, and it kind of plays on their, um, their, the, the, the dark side of their characters. And at the end of that film, they have a very, very awesome and unique and quiet moment together, just the two of them, to where the entire film, they're at each other's throats, they're trying to get at each other, uh, they're upset and just kind of doing all these criminal things to get back at each other. It gets kind of um, gets kind of zany, but it, it it's really cool because they, they have enough respect for each other to see each other face to face and to kind of open up to each other or it was more Ben Affleck having this dialogue of uh, of the the entire day being kind of like a girl that um, that you see at the beach and you never see him. It's a very quiet, very beautiful moment. Um, it is a, an amazing scene um, between these two characters who, who hate, hated each other throughout the entire film pretty much and um, and they rectify um, uh, their differences and, and they reconcile um, their differences and, and they, they, they begin to help one another um, at the end and that's that's how the film ends and it's it's a really really good poignant moment to where it's kind of like oh man if if somebody can deliver a performance like that to where you buy into the emotionality of what that person is going through you don't have to see the the um, the flashback. You don't have to see what happened necessarily, because it's all on his face. It, it, it's all it, it's all right there in the acting. You don't need to to go into all this production and and cast a little kid and you know kind of you know make him a stump person to where you're throwing you're throwing stuff in his eyes and and shoving him on the ground and telling him to scream. You know, trying to get a good performance out of a little kid. You're, you know, you're punching him. You're trying to make him scream for reals and stuff like that. You know, it's just all it requires is a nice, quiet moment, and that's what I would have liked to have had at the end of Daredevil Yellow, to where um, Matt is talking to Karen and he's saying, "This is how I got to this point. This is how I." became the man the man that i am the 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 vigilante that i am the hero that i am you know uh, you know contradictions and all uh character flaws in, in everything this is this is kind of where some of that stuff comes from um to where it is kind of like a confessional to where it, he's not doing it to a priest or he's not talking to a priest and whatnot but he is opening up to somebody and karen is there and that helps develop their their relationship and stuff like that. So that was one of the things that that um, 
they kind of did a little bit of that in Netflix, and I was just kind of overjoyed when I see it because these are these are ideas that I had in my own head, you know, when I was a when I was a teenager growing up and stuff like that. So it's really really great to see that. So on to the next picture, part two, Daredevil, Electra, Daredevil title, Electra subtitle. So this is going to be kind of like a rehash of what we've seen in the Daredevil film particularly in the second half to where you have um, Electra kind of popping in. I had this idea of starting off the movie with Matt in college. Foggy's there. You kind of see their relationship and, and how they kind of have been through, um, you know, the good times of, of college life and kind of going through stuff together and being roommates and having having a blast and all that stuff. And, uh, and Matt's dating uh, Electra at that point. You kind of see, like... They're they're heavily in love with each other, but at the same time, like Matt understands that there's something kind of weird about this chick, and um, they kind of have like a a one night stand or just kind of like a very very short fling, and uh, she disappears. She kind of runs off, and Matt's kind of like left wondering, you know, like like what's up with this chick? You know, will I ever see her again? You know, he's kind of left wondering. You know, this was. This was a pretty weird experience, but he may not think anything of it because it's college life and that probably happens to him all the time. Uh, and so you start off the movie with this kind of flashback and then you kind of flash forward to the present and, um, you know, Daredevil's uh, full-fledged full hero, you know, he's protecting, you know, watching over his city and stuff like that. And uh, Stick comes with a warning of just saying, hey, you know, you know, the hand is coming. It's something that he alluded to maybe in, um, he alluded to in, in Daredevil Yellow, but he comes back and just says, you know, and hey, watch out for this chick, the Electra and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know what her motives are, but, um, you know, I know she's back in town and stuff like that, you know, so Matt is kind of aware that Electra is there. Um, this would also be the movie that we introduce. Uh, the kingpin for the first time, uh, he's kind of in the in the background, but he's kind of doing his kingpin thing to where he's ruling. Um, he he's ruling Hell's Kitchen. You know, he has his his hands in uh, drug cartels and uh, human trafficking and criminal criminal activity. But at the same time, he has his uh, his uh, corporate empire, and at the same time, he has you know uh, the cops, half the cops bought off and stuff like that. And you really see like how he manipulates and kind of controls everything. Um, and this becomes a more pressing matter for Matt because he's he's um, he's still in this investigation of who is the kingpin and, you know, how do I find him? How do I put a stop to him? Because he's ultimately the main and primary grievance of Hell's Kitchen. Um, but Elektra is kind of the monkey wrench. You know, he's she's kind of the thorn in his side to where she enters back into his life and meanwhile Karen's Karen's there and she's having her own issues right she's already wanting to um to kind of live out her ambitions of of being uh famous or being popular or just do more you know she's kind of maybe tired of being just a secretary for uh for a small rinky dink uh law office firm for uh, for uh, for Foggy and, and Matt 
and so she's trying to spread her wings um she's you know having a very independent moment to where she does want to uh, um get out there and, and maybe get her name out there and stuff like that and so this causes a uh, a rift between her and matt um to where they may be established as a couple usually when you deal with films like it's kind of like okay that she's the love interest so you kind of go through that in the first film in this film they kind of go through through a strain to where there's separation and maybe there's like a literal separation in, in the film to where it's like you know she's she's gone to uh to los angeles or something like that you know trying to be a you know a star or whatever um trying to get her um her shot at stardom and meanwhile matt's matt's still in hell's kitchen still looking into kingpin and you have this um this thing with electra coming into the picture to where now she's messing up his love life um he instantly kind of falls back uh, in love with her but at the same time like he's very weary of of electra her intentions and all that kind of stuff and you know it shows like um you know she has this sort of edginess to her character and um and so matt's kind of like you know let's let's deal with this kingpin character you know let's let's go after this character and um at this point you really don't know what electra's motives are you don't know what she's there for and um she's going along with it and so there may be a scene or two or a montage to where it's kind of like they're fighting crime together they're kind of trying to go after kingpin um together because the they're both kind of in love kind of sort of thing that that whole aspect is is happening but kind of not really happening because it's kind of like all daredevil really cares about is his mission and it's the same with electra they all care they both care about their mission but at the at the same time at this point their mission is kind of the same and it's kind of mutual so it's mutually beneficial and you think it has to do with the fact that they're in love and all that stuff or in lust uh, you sell it in a movie as love so you know you just kind of go with that but really they're both hard-nosed people who are just trying to get their job done and so um what electra is kind of trying to do is she's trying to um she's trying to go at war with the people who are kind of um trying to control her kingpin being one of them um and, and the hand as well um but they're starting with kingpin and her her thing is like i'm going to use daredevil to try and um to to fight my battles for me kind of thing and um it doesn't work um to where they have a split you know their motives are their motives are the same but the way that they do it is different you know she's not adverse to killing somebody um without a without a second's hesitation and and daredevil's not about that so they they cause a rift between themselves um and kingpin is getting hurt in the process his operations are getting hurt and so that's when you have a um uh that's when you have bullseye brought in and you have that whole Daredevil 181 kind of emulated, uh, the death scene with Elektra and all that sort of thing. 
um, to me, like what I envision what a second movie would look like is kind of have it be like the Dark Knight, kind of like a, a, a version of that to where when you think about Batman Begins, it had villains that were never in Batman films before. But the one that we were all kind of looking forward to and waiting for is the Joker. I mean, Joker is by far Batman's most recognizable and greatest villain. And so I thought, do the same with Daredevil. Establish him as a character in the first uh, first film. Second film, you bring in, you know, all the uh, all the people that he identifies most with, with Electra and Bullseye and Kingpin, and kind of have that, have... Um, room to breathe to where you have the entire film to have this elaborate um, psychodrama play out between the four of them um, but ultimately have it kind of end up in the same spot um, to where Electra gets killed um, I'm not a writer and this is just an outline but it would be done um, not in a very simplistic way but in a very very integrated uh, story um, that would be happening throughout the course of the film and Daredevil would would, um, would end up alone because Karen's out of the picture, um, Elektra's dead, and um, and he takes revenge on on Bullseye. Um, he ends he he becomes the villain of this story. He becomes the the goon of this story. To where Gladiator in the first film was the goon of the story. He gets uh, thrown in prison. I really like how in Smallville how they kind of uh Superman or or Clark Kent, you know, he would he would let some people die or some people would die, you know, just through their own dumb decisions or whatever, but some of them wouldn't. And so there are some episodes to where they're in Belle Reve or, you know, they're locked away in uh, Lex Luthor's fortress or they're in prison somewhere and they're brought back out. Um and so I'll give you time to let you think about where that's leading up to. But you have Gladiator stored away in prison. And then in this film, you have the same thing with Bullseye. He's not killed. Uh, he's injured a little bit. But um, um, but you have him stored away in prison in this film. And then this film would end with um, with Kingpin locating... Karen and Karen is in a bad way you know she's she's in a bad condition um she's isolated she's out on her own and Kingpin comes to her directly and and says hello Miss Karen I have a proposition for you and the film ends kind of right there and you kind of know what, what that would be a lead up into um so that's kind of that's kind of what my vision was for Daredevil, uh, Daredevil Electra, and it would focus a lot on Electra, and it would be really, really kind of um, by the numbers action flick to where it's kind of like you have you know action scene on top of action scene, kind of be nonstop because Daredevil is trying to keep up with um, with everything that's happening in everyone's motivations and all that stuff to where it's like they're going they're doing what they're doing um but um he's trying to 
bring some kind of uh, justice to to the whole thing and it kind of ends on like a sour note on a you know uh, empire strikes back kind of note to where it's kind of like it's a downer it kind of leaves you wanting more but there isn't really like a true resolution to that i i'm very anti-resolution in 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 when i think about films and stuff like that so so that would kind of be daredevil electra that would be the second film the third film would be called daredevil reborn daredevil title subtitle reborn and again it would have that bold font in the top bold font in the bottom and reborn would actually be uh an emulation of born again which was written by frank miller um widely considered to be his uh most famous and grandest daredevil tale or daredevil run that that he's done for the character um which is just a joy to read i mean when you think when you think about frank miller's style what you kind of see is he takes a lot of things away from matt that's kind of frank miller's style right it's it, it wasn't bad enough that he was already blind it wasn't bad enough that he was already just human right he wasn't superhuman or anything like that but no, he had a fight with a broken arm and he was in a cast at some point and a broken leg. Here in Born Again, he gets his entire life stripped away from him, from his uh, from his law firm to his money to his house. Just his entire livelihood is broken down to nothing. And what's cool about this would be kind of like the third film in the first Daredevil trilogy. Um, for me, in, in my own imagination, my own head, that you would have, you would have um, Karen gone right in, in this movie universe. You have Karen gone. You have Elektra dead. You have him at his most vulnerable um, time, and you kind of already have the setup that you know. It's hinted at in the very last scene of Daredevil Electra that the Kingpin has found and located um, Karen and, you know, they've talked and, you know, you assume that they've made a deal. And so if you know that storyline, you know what's going on, you know how this is coming about, you know who's behind it. But if you don't, it's kind of like, it's kind of like this cool mystery thing of, you know, Matt's being driven nuts because all these bad things are happening to him is it coincidence or is somebody behind it and so it, it would be a strong strong emulation of, of born again um at least for the first half or the first two acts here's the plot twist um what i would do is is do the whole born again thing you know he goes crazy he's very isolated you know, he has a few bucks to his name and he's living out of a dump, you know, hotel, motel kind of thing. Um, doesn't have a job and he's kind of isolating his friends, isolating Foggy and all that stuff. And what happens is, um, and even Stick makes a uh, uh, another appearance. Stick becomes a, a very strong character 
um, to where he makes cameos in the first two films. In this one, he becomes a very, very strong supporting character to where he's in it a lot more. He comes back and um, says, the hand is coming. The hand is coming. You need to get your stuff together uh, because I need... I, 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 they're coming to your territory. You know, they're coming to your turf. They're coming to North America. Finally, I've been warning about you. I've been warning you about this for three films already. He's not going to say that in the film, of course, but he's like, they're on their way. They're on their way here. They found a leader. And what the surprise twist would be is that the leader of the hand would be Electra. Risen from the dead, risen um, by the hand, um, and she would she would be the leader of the hand. Um, and I think um, it wasn't in the Daredevil storyline. I think it was in New Avengers, um, to where she went up against Ronan. I I believe um, there's at least a cover of that. Um, but she was the leader of the hand at one point. I would have her come back to the hand. You know, and you kind of get into the kind of like the scroll thing. It gets really convoluted and very complicated. I would have it to where you have good Electra, the the good Electra and the bad Electra. Um, this would turn out into an all-out war to where Daredevil is confronting Kingpin. He's on his way to confront Kingpin and kind of end this. You know, Kingpin knows that Daredevil's Matt and Matt, you know, by proxy finds out that Kingpin is Wilson Fisk and so they know that they know the true identity of each other and so Matt confront them confronts him. He might get the crap beat out of him the first time, but um or or, or whatever. And uh, he confronts him and just kinda goes after him. The second time he may go after him, it's kind of like, hey, I'm not here to take you in. I need your help. I, The hand is just too large of a threat for both of us. Both of our city, this is, this is a city that belongs to both of us. You know, we need to help defend it uh, from this international threat, from, from the hand and from Electra. And, um, and... And you try to kill Electra at one point, you know, finish the job. Um, or, you know, he did technically uh, finish the job, but uh, but she didn't stay dead. So I need your help. Um, and so Kingpin kind of works in the background to kind of um, to kind of help uh, Daredevil and Stick. And you have the chase kind of coming in um, some selected members of the chase. To where you bring in stone um, and stuff like that, and you have this big thing to where it's like it's Daredevil and his little band of uh, heroes versus Elektra and her entire hand army, um, and that kind of goes on for the whole third act. Um, to where maybe it's not like one all-out brawl or something like that, but it's. It's uh it's happening in very very rapid succession, and it ramps up very very quickly to where she's in there, and she remembers Daredevil. They still have that history that's kind of alluded to and stuff like that, and and they kind of go head to head. That's that would be the uh, the sort of pinnacle of this trilogy, and then you have the whole stick and stone thing getting to Elektra and 
and um, and turning her soul back to to good, and um, and she's restored, and, and the hand is defeated, uh, and Kingpin um, is uh, is charged. He's indicted. He's taken to prison um, because he's been very sloppy over the over the the, the last three films. And so you have like a nice, cool little trilogy of Daredevil to where it doesn't feel too big. Like it's not very, um, it doesn't take place over the entire like New York or, you know, it's not like a big um, like national threat or international threat or anything like that. But there is a lot of hand ninjas and their intent is to completely, completely take over. And so I thought that that'd be a really, really cool and satisfying kind of conclusion. Um, so Daredevil Reborn would kind of be him going from, you know, not dressing up in the suit, not being Daredevil, him being questionable as a character, um, and him kind of going mad at one point to him kind of, uh, you know, getting it together and realizing that the city needs him and... Um, and because he's willing to step out, people are willing to support him, and he's willing to to kind of conquer uh, Electra in the hand, and um, and uh, I would end on a shot to where she's climbing up the wall, which is kind of a a, a symbol for her kind of um, uh, it it was part of her training, um, so it's it, it's a symbol of her kind of. Um, kind of extinguishing her her demons, um, and just kind of cleansing herself from from uh, you know it's her going to the bottom and climbing her way back up, climbing her way out of the hole, kind of thing. So it's a nice kind of symbol, uh, for her. And the, the the theme of this whole trilogy to me would be very kind of colorful than your average, right? Like it wouldn't be like X-Men to where all the colors are like muted and stuff like that. Like it would have a lot of muted tones, but you would have Daredevil in yellow in the first film and Daredevil in red in the, uh, in the, the, the next two films. You'd have the hand in Electro who would be in all red and stuff like that. Not really shine away too much. You would have... Like I would have Gladiator in a very muted yellow, um, so there would be some things that would kind of pop color-wise. Um, but the direction of this first trilogy would kind of be like, like very, very like, like Daredevil is almost like self-involved. He's only concerned not about the city at large or about like uh, regular Hell's Kitchen people, but he's sort of caught up in in sort of the hero versus villain uh trope of uh of superhero uh superhero films to where you know he really does seem like he's you know just kind of out for his own ends you know he he wouldn't save a regular maybe hell's kitchen uh citizen but he would jump with the chance to go and save karen or uh, or electro or foggy or or anyone else that he knows that's personally associated to him and so it would be kind of like he would be in his own little bubble in this in this trilogy and then the second trilogy would be set up in a way to where he does have to answer for a lot of things 
he does have to answer um, for maybe the the consequences that he's caused not only for himself um, but also um, in a you know for for everyone else that the damage that that has happened during during the third act and stuff like that um, for Daredevil Reborn born this is the final scene for me the final scene for Daredevil Reborn is Kingpin throughout the entire film knows that Daredevil is Matt Murdock he's not going to sit on that very long right um he is he has gone to jail um we're not going to see it happen but we will see the results and we will put the pieces together we will connect the dots to where kingpin obviously to cut jail time uh turns in the identity of of daredevil and it's not shown it's not filmed or anything like that it just happens to where there's those kind of rum rumblings you know after the the whole final battle and all that stuff um matt murdoch you know he hears things on his own and um he walks outside of of his office or outside of a court case that that he's that that he's involved in and the media is flooding him and they're asking him questions are you daredevil are you daredevil you know it's just that classic classic scene of you know he's he's outed he's he's in the press you know he's people are writing stories about him there's news presses about him his identity essentially is revealed and this is all just hitting him in one moment to where the media is sweeping him everyone is sweeping him everyone's pressing him for an answer you know cameras are in his face lights are in his face you know can't uh, uh microphones are in his face and it that's how i would end the trilogy of him kind of almost looking at the camera um and maybe there being a dialogue uh or an inner monologue of him saying you know i'm the dear i'm the hero of hell's kitchen and um and I'll always be on top, something like that. And it's just kind of like, you know, he's going to be all right. You know, he's going to kind of be fine. He's assuring the the uh, the uh, the viewer, the audience that that he's going to make it through, that he's going to be okay. He's going to um, triumph over adversity, like he always has, like he always does. Um, but the ending would kind of be bittersweet, and that's kind of how I would. Uh, end it because i like those uh those non-resolution resolutions where you kind of make your own assumptions about what's going to happen you know so if there's not a third trilogy you know kind of what goes on there or it's kind of a good lead in into the comics you know his identity is exposed go read the comics to go find out what happens to him there's a great great long storyline a bunch of storylines and comics that that deals with that in detail. Go go read those uh, as a continuation. Um, if there's not a, a a fourth film, but I I like that leaving it on a cliffhanger. I'm a I'm a big sucker for it, and I would I would have the goal to do that. I would have the balls to do that on a on a third film of a of a quote unquote trilogy and stuff like that. And so that's kind of how I would end it. That's would be a good lead in into what 
what the what the theme of the second trilogy because the second trilogy would be vastly different to where now he has to look outside of himself now he has to you know we catch up to daredevil in daredevil 4 in the fourth film in this new trilogy it would look vastly different from from the first trilogy um and it would have a different feel to it as well to where you know it's not like the hero gets out in the end it's more of like it's like rocky 5 or rocky balboa balboa to where you definitely do see his uh his mortality and you you do see more of his humanity and um and you see that his um he has to fight crime and things like that in a different way and so that would be a good lead up to the fourth film. The fourth film would be called Daredevil title. Subtitle would be Caged. Daredevil Caged. And this Daredevil would be an animal who is caged. He would be uh, locked up in prison. Um, with all the people that he's locked up in prison as well. I mean, one of the great storylines in, in the Daredevil comics. I would love to do a film like that. Um, there was supposed to be a film called Supermax, which stands for Super Maximum uh, Prison, which was supposed to be Green Arrow in it with a bunch of DC villains and stuff like that. Uh, there was a movie like that floating around. Uh, I think uh, Matt Damon was attached to play Green Arrow. Oh man, I was so I was so looking forward to that film. I I don't know what what the hell happened. But um, but that was such a, it's such a great great concept. If it's done right, you know, not like Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger being, you know, stuck in a prison or anything like that. But like with supervillains, to have that kind of film, a film that hasn't been done yet. Um, they did have an episode like that in um in Smallville, as well. I think it was a uh, season uh, four, season five, something like that, to where uh. Clark was trapped in Lionel Luther's body and he was stuck in prison. People kind of found out. And um, and uh, kind of had to deal with being in prison. But imagine, you know, locking up a hero in a prison where half the inmates are put there by them or by by that particular superhero. Um, there's There are scenes like that. I know there was a scene in Watchmen. That was really cool. Um, and Rorschach handled himself really well, but to have a, a very mortal man like Daredevil stuck in prison with who I set up before, you know, having Gladiator come back, having that actor come back, having uh, Bullseye in there, having Kingpin in there, and also and also introducing a lot of new characters. Um, uh, if the Owl hasn't been introduced at that point, maybe he would be in there. Black Tarantula is um is a really cool one. Um, probably not Frank Castle, um, because he's not he wasn't a part of a, a 20th Century Fox. So I'm going under that uh under under that presumption he was uh he was at a uh, Lionsgate at the time five years ago. So, but he would be locked in with a lot of cool enemies. Um, and you would see um, you would see him be locked up in prison. And this whole drama play out in prison for half of the movie, at least. You know, just throw him in prison right away from the get-go. Him um, being introduced to all of his uh, villains and having, you know, politics kind of play a part in 
Um, you know, this murder, I know in the comics, like Foggy Nelson was involved in that, uh, getting stabbed and all that stuff. But at the same time, having a brief kind of thing happening outside to where now you have the police involved, uh, you have detective, um, I think it was North Dakota, was it Dakota North? Um, was a detective at that time or somebody like that, um, to where you have uh, the police trying to handle things um, to where there's a little bit of a gang war going on on the outside um, because Kingpin, you know, is uh, he's in prison. So he left the gap uh, in terms of who's running the criminal empire and stuff like that. And so you have the, the cops trying to deal with that. Um, but a lot of the main villains and a lot and daredevils inside of prison. So there's. There's more stuff and more screen time dedicated to that um, inside of the prison. You have uh, Daredevil and Kingpin kind of reconcile the differences a little bit and trying to um, form a, a truce and trying to survive prison um, together and stuff like that. Um, Tarantula as well. And at the same time, you have a Daredevil running around outside of the prison walls. So the person that the media was accusing of being daredevil hey guess what there's a daredevil outside that's um that's a, that's doing daredevil, very daredevil things and stuff like that and so my my thing is this like you have the first trilogy being played by whatever actor you know me i always like justin hartley or something like that having him be the daredevil of that trilogy Trilogies happen over the course of like nine years if all goes well if it, if it's greenlit very quickly like one right after the other um, I know it's a little bit expedited now with the Marvel model uh, Marvel Studios sometimes they can get them out um, uh, Two years later, you know, they can get a sequel out two years later um, But back then in those days it you know You'd be hard-pressed to find a, a sequel coming out um, uh, For a big block blockbuster um, anywhere sooner than three years. So you're talking about you know nine years that one particular actor is playing uh, the role for a character. So I would have one actor in place for the first trilogy, and then set a different tone for the second trilogy. So that way you can insert a new and young young actor um, for the, for the second trilogy. And what I would actually do is I would actually cast. Somebody as young in Daredevil Electra, Daredevil Two, I would cast uh, a young uh, guy to play Matt Murdock in his college days. Maybe it's the guy from no, never mind. You would have him in Daredevil Electra, so that way by the time you do Daredevil Four, he's probably old enough, or he's probably ripe to step into that role so that way there's a little bit of continuity um to where it's like oh, like i recognize this guy didn't he play daredevil before in a in a in, in a previous film or something like that and he kind of steps into the role and you throw him in prison and so he's not in the daredevil outfit we're getting to know him as as a character we're getting to know the actor and we're getting acquainted with the actor as he's in prison prison and, and doing everything and then uh, it'll, it'll be a really cool moment when he takes up the mantle as Daredevil. And so you have this whole drama going on with uh, w with prison and with Kingpin. They're, they're both trying to get out alive. 
Um, and then you have maybe the third act where something is happening outside of prison. You know, Matt Murdock is very, very highly interested in um, finding out who's, uh, who his doppelganger is and who's trying to, you know, emulate him and trying to, uh, you know, wear his costume and you know, who's masquerading as him. And the cool thing is that in the comics, it was Iron Fist. Um, in my movie, you know, we probably don't have rights to Iron Fist because it's 20th Century Fox. So what I would do is just this cool, cool montage, or not a montage, but this cool cameo from the actor who's played Daredevil in the first three films. He would play a separate character. Maybe that's confusing, but he never takes off like the mask or anything like that. But he would approach the new Matt, the new actor playing Matt Murdock, who is Matt Murdock. And, he, and Matt will just ask him like, who are you? Like, what, what's your intention? You know, what are you doing here? And stuff like that. And, and the old actor who's, um, who was playing Daredevil in the previous trilogy would say, you know, I'm just a guy just like you, you know, like I'm just trying to make a difference. Uh, in Hell's Kitchen, you know, and I was just covering for you while you were gone and stuff like that. So it'd be really confusing, um, you know, actor-wise because it's like, no, this is the real Dare Daredevil, not not the old Daredevil. Like he's playing somebody else, but it's kind of like you would hide him enough to where it's kind of like it. Who who is that? It, is that really the the actor who was Daredevil in the last trilogy? And then it's kind of like he tips it off to where it's kind of like, you know, he does a signature smile or whatever. I know Ben Affleck has it like that, that little smirk that he does. You know, it would be something like that to where you tip your hat off to that actor. He would come in, do a cameo uh, performance, and then it would kind of be a kind of like a tossing of the mantle, tossing of the, uh, of the baton to the new actor and kind of giving him his blessing. And that that would be it. He kind of jumps off screen, and you never see him again. And um, and uh, meanwhile, Daredevil has made friends with Black Tarantula in prison. He's made friends with Gladiator in prison. Um, and um, and you know he makes him makes him a new costume, and he's ready to go as Daredevil again. So that would be a, like a, I think a really cool like. Um, part one to the new trilogy, right? It would just, you know, hit the heart, hit the ground running, you know, to where there isn't really like an or like an origin story or a payoff. It's just like, Hey, you know, this character Daredevil, we threw him in prison in the first five minutes, you know, it would just hit the ground running and the story would just take off flawlessly from there. Um, so those are my crazy ideas. Again, they may be misguided. They're not under, um, the scrutiny of practicality or a studio or anything like that. But those are just kind of like my, my moments of, of what kind of Daredevil moments I would cram into two hour films and into two hour increments and what stories I would want to see over the course of six films. And so that's kind of what my fourth film would be. It'd be Daredevil caged. Uh, Daredevil five would kind of be, um, a, a bigger, uh, storyline with uh with the the gang war, and with uh, with Kingpin getting out of prison, um, him reestablishing himself, but not really. 
it would be like Daredevil 5 would be a very kingpin centric um, uh, tale to where you know you have the whole thing with Vanessa and him maybe trying to quit but him realizing that he can't um, he has his truce with, with Daredevil and he's kind of been a criminal and he doesn't have to do it but it's kind of like setting him up as you know well there was some good that I was causing being in control and keeping all the other criminals in, in control um, but this Daredevil 5 would focus a lot on um, on Decalogue now Decalogue was a, a was a was a was a storyline that was essentially Daredevil kind of creeping on the average Hell's Kitchen citizen, right? I mean, he's in the wild, he's in Hell's Kitchen, and you know, everyone has an opinion of him. You know, he he was in the public eye. Uh, the cops have a, have an opinion of him. The citizens have an opinion of him, and it really is about him dealing with that and dealing with. Uh, a public opinion and him being a hero for Hell's Kitchen, a true hero for Hell's Kitchen, rather than you know somebody who um, somebody who's only concerned about the people that are personally in his life. And so it would really stretch Daredevil, and he would really try to um, uh, do right by uh, by by the average Hell's Kitchen citizen. And meanwhile, you have uh, you know all the stuff going on with Kingpin to where. Um, you didn't know before he was kind of like this nomad he was um he was a he was a force that you didn't see in the first film and you kind of seen a little bit in the second film but and he was locked away in Daredevil 4 so in this one we really really start to um feel for the kingpin we start to see him as a, as a person and as an individual and meanwhile Daredevil is trying to um uh trying to do good by his name the Murdoch name the Daredevil name the the whole mantra um, he's trying to stick up for the little guy in a way that is completely completely self selfless um, but at the same time he is a Murdoch and he does have anger issues and he does kind of get caught up in this whole gang war thing that's going on to where he wants to be the kingpin as well and I really, really love the moment um, where where he's he. It's a flashback to him like beating the crap out of King's Pin, or uh, was it Kingpin? Or he's beating the crap out of somebody, and Frank Castle is just like, "Hey, man, you're being being completely like you're out of control. Like you're you've gone completely overboard." And um, Daredevil was like. Like I don't care. Like I'm the kingpin of the city now. I'm gonna do things my way, and so it's really an inner struggle with Matt, um, to where we really see his anger issues. We really see that he's really striving for a resolution to the end of um, organized crime and people kind of having that uh, that mentality that that's the way that they have to live and that's the way that his city has to live. And his city has to suffer for that. And so, Daredevil 5 would really, really um, deal with that um, as far as Daredevil goes. There, there really isn't a whole lot. That's probably like the weakest 
film because I wanted to set up what would happen in Daredevil 6, but at the same time kind of have it be a continuation of of Daredevil Cage, Daredevil 4, to where it's kind of like you get hints at who Kingpin is, you get hints of of Matt being pressed um, as a public figure. And so Matt's kind of going down, and Kingpin is kind of, um, we're beginning to get to know him. And so they become very, very centric in, in this film. And um, I completely forgot the name of, uh, uh, of what I was going to call it, or of what I would call it. I, I think it was Decalogue. Um, I think it was Kingpin, actually. I think it was Kingpin. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it was Kingpin because Kingpin, the, the subtitle would refer to uh, Daredevil being the Kingpin uh, of Hell's Kitchen, but when you see the title, it's kind of like, oh, you think of Wilson Fisk. So it's kind of a play on that word and it kind of uh, brings in that storyline and, and other storylines that happen, you know, a little bit before, a little bit after, um, but mainly Decalogue and, and Gang Wars and stuff like that. So still having that Frank Miller kind of influence, um, but it really, really being um, Brian, ben Brian Bendez and all the things that he set up with um, Daredevil having to answer um to the public and to Hell's Kitchen and um, him kind of going off the rails because he's both um, under the pressure of Hell's Kitchen and is under his own pressure to want to bring some type of resolution to the, the crime that's still happening in in Hell's Kitchen. So that's kind of what uh, Daredevil Kingpin would, uh, would kind of deal with. And it would be a huge, huge monster setup to where we get bullseye um to to rip down an apartment building that people are protesting in and i know that that was a part of dark rain i know that was a part of the list i know he was working for norman osborne and um he was a uh, you know masquerading as as hawkeye uh in the comics and stuff like that but here he's just a madman who has uh established himself as a, a great villain that is no longer hired by Kingpin. He's no longer hired by anybody. He now has a very personal vendetta against uh, against Daredevil, and um, and so he knows that Daredevil cares for for Al's Kitchen. So, um, based off of that, he uh, kills the the 107 people you know that's in the apartment building who are protesting, who don't want to leave, who are in there, and um, and uh, Daredevil gets pissed, obviously, and kind of gives into his anger uh, more and more, and that, and he feeds into that. So that's all a setup for the um, for the second uh, finale, the 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 third film in this trilogy, uh, which would be called Daredevil Shadowland. Um, Daredevil Shadowland. I, I love Shadowland in the comics. Um, I know it was like underwritten, underdeveloped, maybe kind of rushed, but it was Daredevil centric, and it was centered in Hell's Kitchen, and 
and I'll always appreciate that. And I think that Andy Diggle, you know, under the 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 restraints that he was given, you know, he was thrown on the book, you know, a few issues before, um, and then he was um, he was in charge of doing uh, Shadowland and stuff like that. So I think that Shadowland was a great event title uh, for the character of Matt Murdock, um, but in in Daredevil Shadowland, in Daredevil Six, you would see Daredevil um, given to his anger. The hand would try um, again to to overtake North America, um, and Daredevil kind of you know does his hero thing, the sacrifice thing. I'll do it. Kingpin, Kingpin's not gonna do it. Um, you know, I, I'll be the leader of the hand, and um, and uh, and he's thinking, I'll change the hand from within. You know, I'll 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 do it that way. Like if that's the only thing that I'm, if that's my only option at this point, I'm gonna do it. And so he joins the hand. He's the leader of the hand. He goes through his tests. Um, Shadowland is erected. This big towering uh you know ancient japanese looking building that's erected at uh ground zero of where bullseye blew up the uh the apartment building at the end of daredevil kingpin daredevil 5 now a new structure is erected and daredevil is um is the leader of the hand in the north american division and he's using the hand for you know as a vengeful force to uh, to eradicate criminal activity um, in a very very extreme way and you would have kind of like the Shadowland kind of by the numbers thing to where you know he has you know a tarantula at his side um, and you you have um, you have his uh, his hand uh, ninja at his side as well and um, they're kind of like, you know, is something wrong with you? You know, it hints at the idea that Daredevil is, you know, is possessed by, by, by the beast in the hand, possessed by a demon, essentially. And, um, or is it just Matt being his own angry self like he always is? And so it, it would be like a really, really cool, like, um, It'd be a really cool thing to where you don't have Spider-Man, you don't have Ghost Rider, um, because they're both owned by Sony. You wouldn't have um, a lot of character. You wouldn't have Iron Fist, probably, I, I, I would imagine. Um, you wouldn't have a lot of characters that are in Shadowland, but you would still have a lot of characters that Daredevil has worked with or has fought against and has made up with. Um, like Gladiator, they you know he comes in, um, Stone comes in, Chased, Ninjas come in. Um, and and Electra comes in, to where it's kind of like okay, you have a good army to oppose Daredevil and and this kind of new martial law that he's kind of implemented upon Hell's Kitchen. And you have uh you have Foggy and, and uh. And so you have people who are opposing Daredevil and his new martial law, and and it just is this thing to where little by little he exposes his true nature that he is being possessed by the beast of the hand and he has these supernatural powers. 
and he really is as as a human being he's just completely fed up with um with him not reaching a point of resolution between him and hell's kitchen and it's it's him being demon possessed for for a lot of the for a lot of the film which is kind of a bold thing to do but in in that kind of dire situation you really do see a lot of people who are saying, you know, Matt isn't like this. You know, Matt's a good guy. You know, Daredevil is a good guy. He's important to Hell's Kitchen. So you have a lot of people who are in support or or who um who have a good uh vibe uh, essentially of Daredevil and what what he brings to the community and his importance um to the to the positive impact that he's had on the city over the years and so that would kind of be um people believing in him as a figure and as a, 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 a believing in his mantra to where they'll um they'll do whatever they need to to eradicate the hand and um and stick up for daredevil but you know to make that distinction that oh you know this isn't daredevil this isn't matt this isn't who he is this isn't what he's about because we've known him and he's been nothing but good to to our city for so long that would kind of be the theme and the resolution that would happen and then you would have the thing with electric coming back and and uh daredevil being tied down and him you know being um uh, exercised a, a, of his demon much in the same way that uh, electra was exercised in daredevil Reborn, so it kind of brings things kind of full circle to where it's kind of like Daredevil was involved in exercising Electra and Daredevil, uh, Daredevil three, and then in Daredevil six, you know, it's kind of a, a role reversal to where it's it, it's the other way around um, from Daredevil Reborn, which, by the way, the first trilogy. Karen Page is the love interest of. Of that first trilogy. But I completely forgot to mention. Daredevil Reborn. Yeah she dies. You know I, I'd kill her off. I'd do the Kevin Smith thing. And um, you know just. Just have her get involved in. Uh, that activity. Um, you know she. She knows information on. Uh, on Matt. And she kind of comes back. And tells him you know what's up. And stuff like that. Um, but Kingpin is going to tie up that loose end. And um, and so that brings Bullseye into the fold. And um, and uh, and Karen suffers a, a very, very harsh death. Um, so that would be before the uh, death. That would be, that would be kind of like an act two. Or the beginning of act three. Somewhere around there. So that way when you get to the act of the end of act three it would kind of be like daredevil daredevil the only saving grace that he can take out of that whole thing is to purify electra at that point to exercise her of uh, of the hands influence and to kind of resurrect her um as as a pure person and to give her kind of a second chance um and so it would kind of be like a reborn thing for Matt, but at the same time, it would be a reborn thing for Electra as well. And so you would kind of see that, and then Stick would 
give up his life to do it. And so he wouldn't be in the uh, in the second trilogy in four, five, and six. Um, but Karen would die, and that would be kind of his um, uh, his saving grace is that he lost Karen, and um, and things were going good with them in the in the third film. Um, and then she dies, and it's kind of like the only good that I can take out of this whole ordeal is to try and stop the hand and save Elektra. Um, so that's kind of what would happen with those characters um, in that film. Uh, so Karen would not be in the in the second trilogy. Um, so Matt would be in a very, very messed up place at the end of, uh, of the third film. Um, and he would also be in a very messed up place at the end of this film as well, Daredevil Shadowland. But it'd be a really, really great event thing to where you have like an all-star cast. You have a lot of people who were in it throughout the entire trilogy or throughout the entire saga uh, coming back uh, even going back to the first one gladiators like a really cool uh, character that you can recycle over and over again because he's somebody that created um, daredevil's costume and he's somebody who's a foe um, he reminds me a lot of the sandman the sandman uh, sandman in uh, spider-man he gets suckered into uh into doing criminal activity um, a lot of times it would be Doc Ock who would kind of like sucker him into, you know, doing this or that. And he would kind of like, you know, blackmail him and shit like that. And, and, and so Gladiator is kind of the same way to where he's, he's a small time crook, um, but he's very powerful. He's very strong. Um, but he's got this cool uh, hobby um, of making uh costumes for Captain America and Daredevil and, and, and all that stuff so um, speaking of uh, people who have great hobbies um, this has been really cool I'm really glad to kind of um, put this out to you guys let me know what you guys think if you guys have any thoughts of of uh, my Daredevil saga or any thoughts on your own Daredevil saga I'd be highly interested in, in reading it um, I love stuff that uh, never makes it uh, into production so like drafts and stuff like that like I love reading all that stuff because I don't know for some reason it's just kind of like oh man that would have you your imagination is able to to take hold a lot more um, when you have something that's written or something that's spoken you know it just it gets you excited and so I hope I um, have gotten you excited about the the, the prospect of uh, of what Daredevil can bring and what his storylines can bring. Um, and I wanted to do this before I do the commentaries for Netflix because because if I if I if I say uh, during the commentary, you know, this is something that, you know, that I had in my head and stuff like that. It'll be more but more of a payoff if you know where I'm coming from. Um, and it it'll be it'll be great to hear from you guys to see what you guys thought as well. Um, and so speaking of those commentaries, uh, I am going to be working on those as we speak. And so I got a surprise for you. This first uh, commentary for the first episode will start right now.
And this is episode 5. I am your host, the Daredevil Prophet, coming right back at you again. I already messed up. 